Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Benchwarmer Post. It is I, the Benchwarmer. And today we are going to talk about, well, what else can we really talk about? The Atlanta Hawks and how they freaking just crushed our dreams and hopes um, in the first game. Everyone is overreacting to this loss. We lost by two points. And Julius Randle played like garbage. RJ was solid. Not great. Solid. Alfred Payton was a turnstile. And we'll get into Payton. And realistically, Reggie Bullock didn't come to play. Alec Burks looks like Michael Jordan. And then you have Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin. Two neophytes, two rookies, really just coming out of the gate and firing on all cylinders. What does that tell you guys? We didn't lose a series. We lost one game and the first game. And if you look back to the previous playoff games that have already been played, you got the Lakers losing to the, oh my god, I'm blanking out right now. You got the Lakers losing to the Suns. You got the Jazz losing to the Grizzlies. And you have the Clippers losing to the Mavs. All three of those teams that just lost are essentially the favorites to win that specific series. Say what you will about Donovan Mitchell being injured and not being cleared to play. Say what you will about the Lakers just not having that intensity and Andre Drummond just being another turnstile on defense and, I guess, offense. And say what you will <clears throat> about the Clippers looking like Clippers of last year and not showing anything really like great against that Mavs team who really only has Luka to really show for it. Say what you will about that, but the fact that the Knicks lost by two points with all the aforementioned, I guess, misgivings that we had in that game, it could be worse. It truly could be worse. Um, first off, kudos to Obi Toppin because of the fact that he has really come into his own more and more by this season. I tweeted out that he honestly is a steal at number eight, and I still believe that. That kid was projected to go into top five, and he fell to eight, and thankfully we did not go up and try to trade for him if he was up in the top five. Thankfully, that did not happen. I would be irate if that happened. But clearly, it did not happen, and I believe he is a steal at 8. Having said that, he was slow to begin with. He looked a little lost. There were at points where Kevin Knox was playing better than Obi Toppin. But the fact that Obi Toppin gave us a spark off the bench to really get us in gear and actually make a competitive game through his thunderous dunk, and then later on making a crucial three-point shot. I, I'm i giving all props to Toppin. They're Poppin, like, Toppin is Poppin. That's, that's what it is. He's really just coming into his own, and I love it. He's Both of the rookies are showing less fear than Julius Randle, apparently. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but... Shout out to Obi Toppin, because, man, this kid has been dragged through the mud by Nick's Twitter. It seemed as though that Nick's Twitter always picks on a specific player. Well, not, like, you know, to any fault, but really 
specifically picks on a young player to trash on. And Obi Toppin was that guy. You could say Frank was that guy for many years and still is to some of the boomers. But um, Obi Toppin, he was trashed on. But the fact that he made up some really good plays and played decent to good defense in a playoff game... Shout out to Obi Toppin. Without him, I think the score would have been a lot worse for the Knicks. And then let's go to Emmanuel quickly. Because whoo, boy. This dude is a firework. He honestly is just surprising all of us more and more through his plays. Can he be more consistent? Sure. But the fact that this kid was the 25th pick whom we traded Leandro Barbaro, I, I probably butchered his last name, but we traded that guy to get Emmanuel quickly. And then this kid turned out to be as good as he is now, especially in game one of a playoff game. I'm sorry, but I'm going to say right now, I think that kid's going to be a future starter and possible all-star if he continues developing. Realistically, though, quickly showing that fearlessness alongside Obi Toppin shows us shows us one thing. Our bench play is better than the Hawks, and at one point we had 40 points from our own bench, no pun intended, to Atlanta Hawks' is 18 points, and then somehow Atlanta Hawks came back. And realistically, you could say that it's Trey Young that's flopping, which, you know, I will, I, I guess... I guess I will give credit to Trey Young and his flopping ways because, you know, that is a quote-unquote <clears throat> skill because, you know, drawing contact is great, but you hate to play against it. Um, you know, it's, it, it's a skill, and it's something that I believe that Emmanuel quickly should learn how to do to become very, to become much more formidable, formidable than he already is. Um, but, you know, aside from that, that whole thing just came down to our starters. And I can go the obvious route of, like, shitting, um, crapping all over Alfred Payton, you know, just because it's so easy to do. And I will do that, but we have to talk about Julius. I, I think it was really just nerves. Personally, I did not think he... He was ready for, I guess, the playoff intensity. Um, this is his first playoff series, and having uh, who was who was our starting five? I honestly have to take a look. It was the same ones as our season, but I personally think that that Julius wasn't ready. He he has a history of not being ready after long hiatuses from play. But you got to show up if you're going to be the number one option on the team. To be an all-NBA player and then put up the poo-poo performance that you did against the Hawks, I, I'm i sorry, but it's just it's inexcusable. And frankly speaking, you should be way better than that. I'm, I'm, I, no one was happy about Julius Randle's play. And... If he's not scoring, he really should be distributing the ball. And we did see that a little bit. But he he was horrible offensively. And we can't do that in the playoffs. It's truly inexcusable. Um, he 
it's not like he was taking dumb shots. You know, it was just the fact that his shot wasn't falling. And I feel as though there was a little bit of a hesitancy on Julius Randle's part. Because I can't, I don't know what else is, like, what else is there to really explain for the performance he had. You know, I just, I don't understand it. Um, It's, he he had five three-point attempts and none of them went in. Um, that's pretty bad. He was a 40% three-point shooter this entire season. That's not good at all. He, I, this is not typical of Randall. And, um, you know, he put up good counting stats, but his overall impact, I just, no, it's not, this isn't what it's supposed to be. You're the number one option on, like, a playoff team. And we have a higher seed against Atlanta. You need to be ready all the time. And it's a little... It's very disappointing, but it's a little alarming that he's... The performance he did, he put up. And, you know, I'm hoping that he comes back very strong. I'm hoping... And he's admitted this, that, you know... He's not going to sugarcoat it. He said it's his fault. It's all on him. That's right. I'm hoping he comes back stronger. Um, They were doubling Randall a lot, I will say. But aside from Randall, RJ, he was solid. He wasn't great. He was solid. Um, I am not going to trash him as much, but I will say that he needs to wake up in the first half rather than always in the second, which is fantastic. You know, don't don't get me wrong. I love it because it's showing that he can be a closer. And realistically speaking, I firmly believe he will be a good closer. But you got to show up in the first half. The entire team needs to show up in the first half. There's a reason why our bench scored... Like, a lot more than our starters. And we shall get to that reason in one second. But, RJ, you have to wake up way before the first half. Before halftime. Um, But, let's actually talk about the precipice of why we actually lost. And that is Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton, look... I've harped on about this on Twitter. I've shown highlights of what he specifically has done on the Knicks. What, like, his his tunnel vision when it comes to passing to R.J. Barrett. His little bromance with Julius Randle that may have fizzled out this year. Um, His lack of defense has been notably, like... Trash and has been pointed out by the likes of Schwinny Poo, by by the likes of the entire Knicks Twitter. <clears throat> and honestly speaking, it's inexcusable that Tom Thibodeau, for whatever reason, honestly, to play Alfred Payton. Because I know Chris Persianin, I'm sorry Chris that I butchered the name, but Chris continuously points out that Alfred Payton is on the bench while everyone else is standing up cheering for the team. This guy does not fit our culture right now. He is the black sheep of the family. 
and I am sorry to say this, but the fact that Tom Thibodeau continually plays into Alfred Payton as our starting point guard and is now, now after a disappointing game one loss, now when the Atlanta Hawks were beating us in the first quarter because he played Alfred Payton, now he decides that he might change it up and that, you know, oh, maybe I was wrong and that, like, I was being a little stubborn about it, but, you know, we'll see when it comes to game time. No, 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 no. You need to make Alfred Payton either the bench point guard or third string at this point. We all know that Alfred Payton is on the same level, actually probably a little bit lower than the Ish Smiths and the freaking campaigns of the world. He is on that tier or lower. There's a reason why we only gave him $5 million. I don't know why this dude was brought back on a team. I do not know why he's taking minutes that possibly should go to Emmanuel quickly, Derrick Rose, and Frank Nielkinen, which, by the way, we will get to in one second. Um, I, 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 like, I'm, I guess you could say I'm Stephen A. Smith irate on how Tom Thibodeau apparently loves to put Alfred Payton and probably thinks he's a good one-on-one defender, but he's really not. He just sticks with his man, but, like, it's not like he really sticks to him. It's more like he's just... He's just there. He, he doesn't play actual defense. Defense is a lot more clear than just... Sitting there, being in front of your man, it requires footwork, it requires changing up your speed, it requires twitching your muscles at the right capacity to stay in front of your man and then actually engage him when he's driving into the paint, which which Trey Young literally was like, you know, I could just run past him. Bro, bro, this dude is not a good defender. I don't know how many times we have to actually go through this. I don't know why he was brought up back into this team. Consistency, I get it. I think that's really the only reason. But the fact that he's here starting in the damn playoffs, I'm fed up. I know everyone's fed up. And this ties into how Trae Young was carving us up on, on the interior. No one can guard Trey Young when he's driving. But the fact that you think Alfred Payton would do a good job against Trey Young is laughable. And the fact that you think Frank... Alright, let's get actually in, get into Frank. The fact that you think Frank Nilakina, a guy who played... Let me, let me just check right here. The guy who played 0.5 minutes. 0.5 minutes. That's 0.5 minutes. Of a game to guard Trey Young on both the last possession in halftime and then the last possession of this game or second to last, technically, it's truly baffling. And yet you have our starting point guard, quote unquote, play eight minutes. You want to know what's hilarious? Everpain played more minutes than Frank and he still has the same plus or minus, which is hilarious. He literally... Let's take a look at his stats. So, Alfred Payton in 8 minutes has 3 field goal attempts, 
guess how many he made? Zero. He has zero, zero, zero all in three points attempted percentage. Um, he didn't even make a field goal. The oh oh he made one assist. He made one assist, y'all. Oh wait wait wait. Here's a good stat. Um, he has one personal foul. I ain't kidding. In eight minutes, this dude didn't. This dude literally has one assist and one personal foul, and three field goal attempts, which equals zero made. That's your starting point guard, Tibbs. That's your starting point guard. It's the playoffs. It's not regular season, man. I get it. You've been playing Derrick Rose more. It's time to put... It's time to dry the cement. You've literally, like, just been teasing, like, oh, yeah, Derrick Rose is probably going to be our starting guard. But, you know, he might be a little too brittle, so we got to switch it up and everything. Bro, maybe you don't want to hurt Alfred Payton's feelings. Maybe... You feel as though consistency is the best thing. Maybe you actually have some mystical stats that the NBA uses that shows like, oh, this guy's actually a good player. But you can't actually realistically believe that. You got to be delusional. You have to honestly, despite the bullet, take him out of the starting lineup, man. We play better with Derrick Rose. We play better... With quickly. And realistically, Frank should be getting more burned than he has if you're going to play him on specific crucial spots. Because if you trust him in these specific crucial shots, in these possessions where it's like do or die, you have to give him more minutes than 0.5 minutes. That's not a whole minute, man. That's. That's. Uh, that's. I, I just don't get that. I, Tibbs, if you are listening to this by any chance play Frank Moore or take Alfred out it's time man rip the band-aid we're done it, it's shown that like Trey Young is has got his number and Frank can do more than what we just saw him do mainly because of the fact that he barely gets any burn <sighs> make Rose start make quickly the main bench guy or let him start. Because frankly, quickly could possibly start now. But Alpha Payne ain't it. So, sorry that I had actually gone a little, very much irate when it comes to Alpha Payton. But it's too much. But I'm back here. Took a sip of my glorious coffee. And, um, you know, after talking about Alfred and Julius and then a little bit of Frank... We should honestly, in terms of adjustments, like I said, start Derrick Rose or Emmanuel quickly. Maybe Alec Burks, but I think he's way better off the bench. Um, But Alec Burks has been a rock for a while. Same thing with Derrick Rose, but I know Burks has on and off games, but recently he seems like he's way more on. And I'm not just saying that because he looks like Jordan right now. His game is kind of perfect for the playoffs. Um, that's like he. I think he thrives under pressure. Uh, I'm a little shocked to see that the Jazz gave him up, um, but you know it is what it is. Alex Burks came to play. Uh, 
just looking at his stats, he made nine field goals. Attempted 13, which is a 69%, which is, wow. He shot three, he shot, he made three point shots, and then he attempted five, which is 60%. He was our leading scorer, and I'm going to, I'm going to harp on Julius one more time, but Alec Burks should not really be our leading scorer, if we're going to be honest. Um, It's just... It's not ideal, but the fact that Burks showed up when he did, man, kudos to him. Burks, he like he he honestly loves using these screen assists to get his shot off. He loves going one on one. Um, there was that one specific play where he did look like Jordan with that little back and forth move. Ah, oh, man, that was fantastic. He even had some assists. Um, so. I don't recommend Burks starting for us. I would rather see him on the bench and get being like that bench scorer. But I wouldn't be mad if he started. I wouldn't be horrified. You know, I, I'm a little skeptical on Burks' defense because he isn't the greatest defensive player. Um, hence why I think I would prefer Emmanuel quickly. You know, it seems as though quickly loves to hustle. Not loves to hustle, but he hustles a lot on the defensive end. I've honestly, like, that's actually probably not the most surprising thing, but I would say it's the underrated aspect of quickly. Tibbs has kind of instilled, instilled on him until, like, just whatever you do, I know you're a little undersized, but you, you gotta honestly just, like, go out there and then make them work for it. And quickly has his own that throughout the entire season. Quickly, I actually has the second highest plus or minus on our team. His impact on both on the offensive end is fantastic. 21 minutes, he's made four field goals while shooting seven, while hitting seven, 57%. And then he only hit and made two three-point shots, which are huge for us considering we were shooting terribly. Thank you, Reggie Bullock. But I am just surprised about Emmanuel quickly. Surprised the fact that this kid is doing as well as he is in his first playoff game. Yeah, 10 points ain't nothing to really like be like, oh my god, we might have got a generational player type of hype. But he was the 25th pick. No one expected him to really produce much. And the fact that he hit that tough shot. I love that falling fadeaway shot from, I guess, what was it, the left shoulder? Yeah, that was so great. I I tweeted that out, and I am just so happy to witness that kind of development. It wasn't even really like a floater. It was a fadeaway shot. I didn't know he had that type of game in him. I, I... Win or lose this playoffs, I'm liking what I see. I'm liking what I see from Emmanuel quickly, and from Toppin, who has shown grit. I, in the beginning of the show, you know, I talked about Toppin a lot, and man, I just want to say Toppin, man, I love what our rookies are doing right now. The rookies came to play, starters didn't. It just shows. Um. It is what it is, but 
Poof, I want to see how quickly he plays in the second game and whether or not he will start. I think he can keep up with Trey. I do think that Nerland Noel needs needs to step no Nerland Noel needs to step up. The fact that Nerland Noel actually he's getting he's getting kind of murdered by Capella and it's kind of something that I predicted on the previous episode with the Hawks and Knicks preview that Capella would actually kill us on the interior but it's less so Capella, while Capella has been playing well, I guess. It's Trey's speed and the dynamic of the Hawks. Mitch is athletic enough to keep up with, you know, like the swift, the crafty passing that Trey Young does and the other Hawks player do, does. Nero's Noel, you could tell he, he can't react like instantaneously. He doesn't even have that type of length. Compared to Mitch, who is very much a rim-running athletic center who can box shots, but also switch on a dime and really protect the paint. Um, this is I I knew New Orleans was gonna struggle. Whoever's gonna give him a bag, like I said, he's he's a low-end starter slash great backup center. But Mitchell Robinson, this is a series where. We should hope and pray that Mitch comes back. I don't know if there's been any kind of update on Mitchell Robinson recently. And I know that he's with the team. I know that recently we saw him like working out in a gym. But I don't think we've actually seen him like any kind of updates. And it's a little it's a little sad that we have to rely on Nerlens Noel and the and Taj Gibson, who has been fantastic, by the way, but, you know, I I need to see something more from New Orleans, because otherwise I am, I need, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about Trey, you know, Trey, say what you will about Trey, but he has that killer instinct where he thrives on the hatred, on, you know, he thrives on those fu chants. He he thrives under pressure. I I get it. You know we all hate his foul baiting ways, and that is a skill in itself. But um, it's just you know it's something that we need to adjust for. And I don't know if Nerlens Noel truly has a capacity to adjust for that. Um, regarding on Mitch's uh, injury news. He's ruled out, you know, for Wednesday. And that Nerlens Noel is just going to not play. I mean, uh, Mitchell Robinson is not going to play. So, I just... I need I need to see more from Nerlens because I am not happy with how they're kind of carving us up on the interior because of the speed of Trey Young and because of Bogdan Bogdanovich... I'm hopefully pronouncing that one right. Bogdan Bogdanovich killing us with his threes. That dude made a deep three, and it was honestly over at that point. That that whole fourth quarter was a coaching lesson to Tibbs, I hope. And the fact that you go to our one of our coldest players in Julius Randle, yeah, he is the first option. But why? 
Why? Give it to Derrick Rose, who's been hot. Hell, I honestly trust RJ more to be a closer. I've tweeted this. RJ is a future closer on our team. I just don't trust Julius Randle to make clutch plays in in the crunch time. I just don't. Does anyone? Because I, I can't remember truly any remarkable, like, shots that, like, Julius has made in the clutch time. Except for one, which is that fading three-point shot, I think... A, Against, I want to say, the Clippers, but I am not sure. Let me just look this up. But, um, regardless, we need to see Tibbs be less stubborn and be more flexible with his lineups. I think this playoff game is a good wake-up call for tips to understand that like look this is not the regular season i can't be doing the same things starting the same guys and you know just let it fly there's a huge there's a way more intensity in this game in this series defense is being played and foul baiting regardless if you love it or hate it regardless if trey young just twerks on a defender we have to find a way to stop him. He is their engine. And I hope Tibbs comes ready to coach because Nate McMillan is hes doing a fantastic job with this Hawks team. I am pretty worried about that. And Reggie Bullock also needs to show up because, man, he's very much inconsistent. But you can't be so inconsistent like you were in the regular season. You got to come and play. And he is one of our best three-point shooters. But I need to see more consistency from him. I need to see... I mean, I love our ball movement. Don't get me wrong. But we just, in general, have to be way better than we have. I know it's like, oh, wow. Thank you for saying the obvious. But there's no other way to really put it. First things first, though. Alfred got to go. And then, um, you know, start quickly or rose for point guard. See how it is. And honestly speaking, it I'm expecting Tibbs to make better adjustments, but I'm worried that he goes back to his old ways. I think we're all worried about that. Regardless, though, the season is a success for the Knicks. It's it's a resounding success if we lose or win in this series. No one can take away that from us. We, we've come so far from such a long way back. I remember we were like... We were projected to be a 22-win season team. A lotto team, a perennial lotto team, maybe behind the Cavaliers. And we're the fourth seed in the East, y'all. It's, it's seasons like this where being a Knicks fan, being a sports fan, pays off. We've gone through a lot of clowning. We've gone through a lot of, you know, tough seasons. 
I know at first we were all unhappy about the Chris Stapp's Porzingis trade. I know that we were all unhappy that we had to start all over. I know we were all unhappy about the Andre Barjani trade. And, you know, back in the day, Stefan Marbury and maybe even the Carmelo trade. I used to actually dislike that trade. Now, I'm whatever about it. But we... We've gone through some tough times, y'all. But, as Randall has said, we are here. Regardless, win or lose, obviously I want to win. Obviously, but win or lose, we made it this far. And it's New York. It's not like where, I guess, you know, I guess you could say the Cavaliers again. We have hope. I expect us to make some free agent moves, and I will detail those free agent moves in, I guess, you know, in the next few weeks. Because, you know, who knows how the series is going to go. But I expect us to make some moves in the offseason to make us more of a playoff team than what we already are now. But I'm just so damn proud of this team. I'm so damn proud of RJ Barrett for taking the strides he has. I'm proud of Julius Beyblade Randall. For taking the strides he has. And I am proud of this organization for the first time. I can say that. I am proud to be a Knicks fan. And win or lose. I'm hoping we put up a good fight. Um, Aside from that. This is the bench warmer. And I guess I'll be signing off. I'm hoping for a great game too. So thank y'all. Um, you know. I don't have any plugs, really. But shout out to Nick's Mafia. I've been with that chat for four years now. Wow, it's four years running. And that chat has kind of like changed my life in a way. You know, talking ball with other people that are as passionate as I am or even more so than I am. It's fantastic, y'all. Um, so shout out to the whole Nick's Mafia group chat. And I shall see y'all next time. Peace out, y'all.